Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, today I am excited because I have my friend, Dr. Jeannie Arunima with me uh, from Golden Life Healing. Now, today's episode might be a little bit different uh, than what you're used to to, uh, hearing, but that's on purpose. And the reason is, you know, the, one of the songs that comes into my head a lot of times is what the world needs now is love, sweet love, right? It's the only thing that there's just too little love. Well, we're going to talk about probably love a little bit, but about healing as well, because, you know, um, if you're like most people, your life might seem a little bit out of balance. Uh, you might feel like you need to heal, and it's not healing of your body necessarily. Uh, it might be, but you know the world, especially with what's going on right now, we need some healing. And so we're going to be talking more about healing, and I uh, want to bring some of that information to you. So with that, we're going to roll that episode and bring on Jeannie. You are jamming with Jason Mefford where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others since really all you need is love and what the world needs now is love sweet love we discuss all aspects of self-improvement growth and so much more great content insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens you're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. Hello, Jeannie, my friend. I am so excited to have you here. <laughs> That's so great to be here, Jason. Hello, good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good middle of the night, whenever people are going to be listening to this, right? I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this this sort of a medium is people can access it whenever they need to, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I am excited to have you have you with me. So, um, you know, I wanted to, to maybe just kind of start off um, talking a little bit. I mean, the, you know, the company that you have is called Golden Life Healing, right? Yes. And so maybe just let's just tee this up a little bit for people about kind of what you do and how you help people. And then I want to dig in because there's several questions that I want to ask you because I want to I want to help bring awareness to people about some of the healing options that are out there that a lot of people don't know about. In fact, I was just talking to a friend and she's going through a rough patch. And I asked her about a couple of different practices that she could do. And she's like, I've never heard of that. So we got to get the word out there, sister. (laughs) So take it away. Jason, I'm so glad you had me on today. Thank you so much. And hello to everybody out there. And this is such an important, important message that healing can come from within. So a little bit about me is I'm just a regular, ordinary person, a mom. You know, I went to college, I got a degree, I did all that. And then I became um, interested and actually was called into a healing practice. I had actually an inner experience. It was almost a mystical experience to go and study with 
a Japanese master healer in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And it had not been in my plan at all. So I was very reluctant, but the chips fell where they did. The doors opened. I found myself in an acupuncture school of ancient Japanese acupuncture and oriental medicine. It was phenomenal. And not only was it the medicine, it was also ancient sacred sounds of the Kodotama principle. So there is so much richness of ancient wisdom within that path. So I found myself as a doctor of oriental medicine. And after I'd launched my practice a few years in, um, an extraordinary meditation teacher came to Santa Fe. And the message that I heard as a you know, a Christian Catholic upbringing, the message that I heard brought tears to my eyes. I cried the whole way through her talk and I felt like she was just riveted, her eyes on me. The message was, God exists within you. Love is in you. Love yourself. Honor yourself. Respect yourself. And Jason, that started a 40-year path of learning to go within through I learned the ancient yogic practices of centering and going in and meditation. And I realized that there were centering prayer techniques in the Christian world. And I started like putting all of this together in my life. So between the healing and the meditation, I became a mommy, which was my total love and joy and passion, right? And so I followed my children into education. So this is a complicated story because not only did I have 21 years as a doctor of oriental medical practice, right? I then went into education because I wanted to support my kids. It was too hard for me to use all the energy to work on healing and be the mama. So my teacher oh. said, yes, take care of your kids. Guess what? I found a passion for literacy. I became a literacy a trainer, a dyslexia therapist, and I spent another 21 years training first children in the classroom. Then I went into special education, and finally, at the top of my that career, I became a trainer. So I trained adults to teach children and teach children literacy. So I have this vast, eclectic background of 42 years of care and love and healing and meditation all throughout this track. So that's my background and kind of where I came from. So. Mm. Well, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting because I, I consider myself an eclectic guy myself. I love that you use that word. That's one of my favorite words actually. Um, and you know how, again, so much of the time we think our life is just going to go a certain way, right? We, we graduate high school, we go to college, we get a degree, we get a job, and we think we're just going to do that for the whole rest of our life. But there's different phases in our life. There's different things that come along. Like you said, when you when you felt that calling to, you know, be able to work with that Japanese master, it was like, I don't know, it doesn't, maybe it, maybe it didn't make sense. And tell me, did it make sense for where you were at in your life to do that? Not at all but it healed my life. I was very, very sick in my late teens and 20. I had serious uh, trauma. My mother had died. I got on onset of a Graves disease, thyroid and female and all kinds of body pain, ache. I was in trouble. And so this was like a call from the universe. At that point, I called, the un I called it God, like to come to be healed. Not only did I learn to heal myself, I came away with tools to help other people, and I was not expecting that at all. I never intended it. Well, we've got to dig into that a little bit more too. But <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I've known you. We were in similar in some of the same programs. We've known each other now for I don't know a year, year or more, um, at least maybe maybe two years. Almost. But um, I, I realized afterwards that you were in New Mexico, but you mentioned Santa Fe too. Are, are you actually still in Santa Fe right now? I'm actually in Albuquerque, but okay. we are in the land of enchantment. That's well, it is. That's the, you see that on the, on the, on the uh, license plates and other stuff. Because I was thinking my wife and I were actually there late October, early November last year. We were in Santa Fe. 
And so I'm like, damn, I should have, <laughs> I should have looked up Jamie or stopped by Albuquerque on the way to or from. So we'll, we'll end up making it back to New Mexico well, again. Just so. for your listeners, the first weekend in October every year is like magic here in Albuquerque because we have the International Hot Air Balloon Fiesta. Yep. And the chilies are roasting and the pumpkins are out. It's just a magical time. It smells like heaven here. Well, it is. And I think, too, because we re we recognize, too, that we both grew up in Boise, which is another hot air balloon uh, kind of area in the world, too. Because, yeah, I remember we lived we lived on the on the I don't know, west side over by the fairgrounds, which is where they usually would do all of them. So we'd always be able to see see the hot air balloons there, too. So yeah. I forgot about that Boise connection. I did grow up in Boise. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, we went to we went to competing high schools, and I was I a few few true. years behind you, but that's all right. We beat you guys in the in You're the state about football. My age now, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> you're 29. I know you're no, 29. I'm 28. <laughs> <laughs> Perpetually. <laughs> but 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 I wanted to get in because I, I think uh, you know one of the things that you brought up here too is when people start thinking about healing, right? There's there's a lot of uh, misconceptions. You know, we, we get taught that, well, if you're sick, you go to the doctor, you pop a couple of pills, uh, you know, and that's how you get better. That's, that's how you heal your body. But, you know, like you said, you've learned some of the ancient ways that have been around for a long time. I mean, way before pharmaceutical companies and Western medicine has been around. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's interesting. And maybe we can dig in here a little bit more too, for people who, um, because I'm this way and I'll, I'll maybe share a little bit of my, my story too, because, you know, I think I heard you say something about, you know, being raised Catholic and now all of a sudden these other things were kind of entering in, but that you also kind of realize, well, hold it. There's some of these same things, even in the Western religion that I was brought up into, right? Because I think sometimes people think, oh, well, if I was raised Catholic or I was raised Mormon, right? That it's like, we have to throw away everything that we were taught as a kid. Um, or, or these other things that we're talking about, they're of the devil, right? That's exactly right. And so, so maybe talk a little bit about that and in, in yeah. your, your journey and your experience, because I know I've had quite a few aha moments the last, you know, four years or so that I've been on a more spiritual path myself, but kind of exp explain where you, let's dig into that a little bit more because I know a lot of people struggle with that. Thank you so much for that question because that's actually a passion of mine that I don't really know how to share in what venue. So I appreciate that question. Boy, I was a devout Catholic growing up and the family and I, you know, Christian friends. And so to go to India and sit at the feet of a master guru meditation, you know, was like sacrilege. And people had that feeling of like, oh, what's she doing? Like, you know, and, and the Christian world, really a lot of the Christian religions where I lived, especially like in Eastern New Mexico, was very fundamental view. So there wasn't a, an acceptance of anything else or a reinterpretation like it was very we used to call it you know the bible thumping like only concrete literal interpretations and now in my mind i see that those are limiting to us and it's not without having faced some fear like i had to face like is this like evil and what am i doing but let me tell you when I went and studied with my meditation teacher, the effect of being in her presence was like being in a wave of love, like a divine, incredible crucible of just nothing but so much love that it just touched the heart, the tears would come. And every time I was in her presence or sat with her, we call meditation sat. So it was like a deep prayerful experience every time all i would experience is god's love divine love she never taught anything else and it was just a semantic kind of thing or perception 
that differentiated people's belief. Like I've had closest friends who are Mormon, many different Christian religions, friends from around the world, uh, Hindu friends, Japanese friends. I mean, I've had the pleasure of getting to know some people and truly there's a common language to all of us in the heart. The dog is scraping at the door. The dog also has the common language of the heart. And that language is the language of love. So I say to people, whatever you believe, hold that like a treasure and look at it. Most of the people I know believe that all, you know, God or source or their, their way of seeing is all. It, create, it encompasses all of creation. And so if everything is all and from one source, then we're all good. Like, I now call that the universe or the divine universe or the, the quantum field. Like, don't you love the new physics that's coming out and trying to describe existence as it is? Because we're all connected. We're all made of star stuff and energy. And everything else is just semantics, in my opinion, and beautiful culture right differences yeah and i think it's 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 interesting because like you said you know regardless of of maybe if you're you know uh you know a taoist or buddhist or mormon or catholic or evangelical christian right there's there's a lot of common things that kind of roll through right and and i know you know a lot of the the especially western religion not as much in the eastern religions but there's a lot of dogma in western religions there's a right way there's a wrong way you know like you said bible thumping you know it's got to stay within this little this little thing or it's it's evil it's it's you know idolatry right that's another word that a lot of times christians throw out there to kind of discount anything other than their dogma and i and i know for me you know i always struggle i i tried to be a devout mormon you know growing up i was a you know a good boy i was a leader in the church i mean i did all these i tried to do everything that i was supposed to do but i always knew there were always questions because everything didn't fit inside that little box for me and there came a point in time where it was like i just can't do this anymore but and i threw everything out right i went from being you know a mormon to being an atheist you know, because it's like, well, if if everything doesn't fit right, then nothing can be right. And then I kind of softened and I went more agnostic. And, you know, now for the last many years have been much more spiritual in realizing that there's truth everywhere. And a lot of the things that I was taught are still universal truths. They're still universal love. But, you know, even something like prayer, you know, you said meditation and, and you kind of use the word prayer along with it that for so long I was throwing it out like, no, we can't pray. Right. Cause you pray, you pray to a bearded white man in the sky. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what prayer is. Well, I'm not going to do that. But you know, to, to now having a much different view of what prayer is or can be in that way that we are all connected together to divine source, to universe, to whatever you want to, and how it relates more to intention than it does to some dogmatic sort of thing. I'm so glad you shared all that because that's my experience as well, that the container that was handed down in the religions, the dogma, it's there for a reason. It teaches, it protects, it keeps the tribe together, lots of reasons, but the heart of it and the core practice of understanding there's a, I'll call it a divinity, and we don't have to use it in a God sense, but a spirit, a larger thing than our human body selves. The fact that that's there, it's terrifying to go beyond the container and step outside of the box. I've seen that with people, with myself, and so it takes a lot of courage. And so the other point you mentioned was to, to take away go out of the box and go away forever no when you come back around and you see it in a higher view i might call it a higher view or more expanded view and you come to treasure and love 
your upbringing and the parts of it that really do resonate. And I, with you, agree that they go through, these common threads go all throughout our humanity because I really feel we are one global humanity. And kind of the champion of that that I like to point out is like His Holiness the Dalai Lama really had a beautiful global message, you know, no dogma, no separatist beliefs. And the same way my both teachers, you know, it's a one human heart and that we can grow together, including the dog hearts who keep scratching at the door. Well, it's okay. They'll, they'll be able to they come in when we, get, when we get finished. Well, they can feel the energy. That's why they want to come in. They come I into mean, the healing but, room every time I work with someone, they want to be here. So Yeah, because they, they know dogs. Dogs know. But it, but it's, it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, I, I think again, as, as you shared, you know, and, and for me, even now, as I go through, I mean, I, I don't share stuff that I do publicly, but a lot of people, if they knew some of the things that I would do, they'd be like, oh, you're a devil worshiper, you're an adulterer, you're a whatever, right? But, but when you do certain things, or you incorporate certain practices into your life, and you feel that universal love, Right. So the analytical part of my brain is going, oh, Jason, you're not supposed to do that. But yet I'm feeling that universal love. And it's like, well, how can this not be the thing I'm supposed to be doing? Right. Even though I was taught something different, this is what I am supposed to be doing because I can feel it at my soul level that it's what I'm supposed to do. Right. Even if it even if it doesn't align with maybe what I was taught as a child it still feels like the right thing that I'm supposed to be doing. That's such a good point. And when you said idolater, you know, the worshiping of idols. Uh, I know here in New Mexico, you see statues of Mother Mary and all the saints all over the place, right? St. Francis. And you see the same kind of thing in, in the Hindu religion. Like there's all kinds of pantheon of, of representations of the divine, but you know, I look at nature being like that. Nature is a symbol of the divine. And I think it takes an expansive mindset to embrace this. And one needs to step through the fear to embrace the totality of who one is. And I think we're in that time in, in our human evolution and on this planet. We've come to a crux time facing sustainability and all the stress in the world. Like it's up to each of us to wake up to our biggest capacity inside, share our deepest love and if with ourselves as well as our loved ones and the world. Wouldn't you agree? I, I do. And that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to talk today, right? Because we need to get this message out there to people. And, and I think, you know, especially the last, uh, I mean, there, there, there are different you're a student of history like I am there are you know different times in history where there have been spiritual awakenings that have happened and when those spiritual awakenings usually happen the consciousness of of those civilizations change new inventions come out standards of living increase and I, I we're going through one of those now and the last two years especially have been pushing us more in that way because a lot more people have been hurting a lot more people need healing as well and they're looking for some way to do it because they know that what's what what got us here isn't going to get us to the next point right and so so maybe we can talk a little bit about healing because i know you're a healer you know and again that word to some people has a stigma associated with it, but maybe let's go back and talk a little bit about your own personal healing, right? To be able to help people understand some of these other modalities of healing, you know, that you've embraced, that you've taught, that you help people with, because I think a lot of these people don't know about and again you know you don't have to to be graphic share what you what you feel like you you can you can share or that would make sense but kind of explain to people your journey because i'm sure that some of the people that are listening are going to very much identify with you and they're like damn i feel just like her 
right? So how did you get from that point, you know, of needing the healing to actually being healed? And what were some of the ways that you were able to do that? Beautiful question. You know, this has been a journey, uh, 43 years so far of of course, you know, I'm only 28. I know. Now. It's amazing how you put all that in 28 years. <laughs> but so when I was 16, uh, my mother uh, committed suicide out of a really um, sad situation for herself. If they would have only had the meds that they have now, she would have been fine. But, you know, so that was very impactful for a 16-year-old girl. And because of the circumstances of my father's remarriage, it was only a few weeks later, it was really traumatic for the family. What happened was I just tanked. My body just went into um, a horrible stress response and I contracted Graves' disease like overnight, which is a thyroid condition. But let me tell you, I here's, here's what a lot of the women will get like, when I was 16, I mean, I was swimming and working out and always trying to manage the weight. I gained 27 pounds in two weeks working out, eating celery. That's how bad the onset of Graves' disease was. I ballooned out. And not only that, I contracted serious fibromyalgia, terrible joint pains. They didn't know if I had arthritis. I was severely depressed. and. I just tanked. I was in so much pain, depression, horrible, right? The, the ironic thing is two things happened. That mystical vision sending me to Santa Fe happened three years later, but also at that same time, I had an experience where I really screamed out to God. I was like, I need you. I was in so much pain, like help me. I'd been to all the Western doctors. We'd gone through um, the, the radioactive iodine therapy where they kill your thyroid and put you on meds. I'd seen the therapist. Nobody could help me. I was a mess. And the thing was, I looked great. Nobody believed me. <laughs> My folks, they were like, get up and do the chores. What's wrong with you? You know, and I was truly suffering. I also found a woman who was meditating. Like, I didn't know anything about meditation. And I went to visit her. She lived out in the mountains outside of Albuquerque. And we had the best time. She taught me about herbal tea. She was really on the woo, on the outside of modern, because she knew about healing, a massage therapist. And what I saw on her shelf was a picture of this half-naked, big-bellied, old Indian man sitting there cross-legged, looking beatific, like I was like, who is that? And all my alarms went off, my Catholic alarms, like, who is that? And her husband said, Jeannie, that is the great saint Bhagavan Nityananda from India. He is a great saint and a mystic. It's like a Christ being. I said, whoa, like that shattered me because Growing up, I was so devout to Jesus. Like, okay, I'll share this. I used to cry in bed at night, just wishing I could have been that Mary Magdalene who washed his feet with my hair. Like, I was that crazy about God, loved Jesus so much. And I was taught by many of us in the West that the only being who can bring you to God or the only being who has divinity is Jesus. But Jason, is that what Jesus said? Did he not say you are my brothers and sisters? Like Jesus didn't say that. Men said that. And so that began my journey toward meditation. And the meditation I bring up in healing because it was my saving grace. And as I learned to meditate, I also went to Santa Fe and started studying. That first day of class with Sensei Nakazono at the Kodotama Institute, I didn't make it to class because I was doubled over in agony, passing bladder stones. And I was a teenager. There's no reason for any of this except the trauma that I had experienced triggered all of these things because I'm a natural empath. A lot of us are very sensitive to 
things. And Western medicine doesn't really know how to go into the sensitivities. Don't get me wrong. I love Western medicine. I'm grateful for my doctor friends. And I always recommend people go get the differential diagnosis and make an entire packet of healing for themselves. It's not one or the other. It's both and. And so my journey, I began to learn to meditate. I began to learn and I got healed by this um, medicine. I took treatments at the acupuncture school by my teacher's son. This method that they taught, Sensei Nakazono was a world rank top one, he was at the top of the Aikido. Um, he was master doctor. He was respected and revered. He studied with the original founder of Aikido and the macrobiotics, and he changed the medicine and brought forth the Japanese mode that he did. And his patients would come from all over the world and fly in. This was in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And these were people who were terminally ill or written off by, we're sorry, we can't do any more for you. They would mortgage their house. They would come and see him. And he had a 95% cure rate, which is insane. So I had a great good fortune of being called to study with him. So it was his medicine that saved my life physically, turned it around, helped me get out of the pain, and gave me the tools to go out. And when I could finally go out, I went to India. And I served in a clinic at my teacher's ashram. And it was a multi um, multi-modality clinic with doctors and nurses, Ayurvedic, chiropractors, Bach flowers. What else did we have? Everything you could imagine. It was the most amazing um, onset of internship for me after I finished my schooling and internship because I saw hand in hand the things that you can do for yourself go to support the things that medicine can do for you also. And if we just give our power away to the doctor or to an idea and we don't take the actions that we can to create natural healing within, we're missing maybe the biggest part of the gift of healing. We have to learn to go inside and access these gifts. Well, I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, you, you came to this realization earlier on. I mean, because again, kind of time-wise, you know, 16, you really start, you know, your mother commits suicide. You start having a lot of these physical symptoms sometime between there and 19 you know you meet this lady who starts teaching you meditation and you know she does massage as well and then you you know come into the idea of acupuncture and some of the eastern medicine type of stuff um, that that really starts healing you and again i mean you didn't you didn't really tell in the, in the story so much but you know you you started going to school there but i'm guessing too that pretty quickly after starting that and doing these acupuncture and other different things that you were doing there, a lot of those physical symptoms went away. Oh, thank you. And in fact, I started seeing um, one of the students even before I saw the teacher's son. And it was only that that took away the burning pain in my abdomen and the searing pain of the nerves in my back up and down acupuncture, Japanese acupuncture. It was a freaking miracle for me. Then I had to learn how to eat right and oh, give up sugar. Oh, that was hard, but that was really hard on my body type, right? So I had to learn over the years how to nurture myself, how to eat, and I did all of that physical work, exercise, sleep, hydration, and how to eat for your body. That was the first layer, the physical layer, because how can you really like focus when you're in so much pain or so sick that you're so tired? It's hard to bring in those other practices. Well, and I think that's interesting too, because what you bring up, because, you know, again, for everybody that's listening, I mean, we're trying to help share some of these different modalities and other things that are out there, because like you said, it's not just one thing and it's, and it's usually, different for each person i think as well too right i mean you kind of said for your body type sugar not so good right for other people you know sugar might not be as big of a deal but obviously we we want to be temperate 
you know, in, in everything that we do, you know, you shouldn't be down in 10 Cokes a day, you know, cause that's going to do crazy stuff to your body. But I think it's interesting too, that, that, that what you said is, you know, it's, it's not just some of these healing modalities, but also even to consider the things that we're putting into our bodies, right. That can end up being the cause of some of that inflammation or other things like that. And I know, you know, I've had <clears throat> some little allergies my whole life. I mean, I remember I lived in Germany for a while when I was younger and, um, you know, was having these issues, had, you know, the allergy tests where they kind of prick me everywhere and tell me the stuff that I'm supposedly allergic to. And I'm like, how can I be allergic to that? I've been eating that my whole life, right? So for most of my life, I've ignored some of that. But I remember when I was in the doctor's office over there too, you know, and I was young, I was 19, 20, somewhere in that, in that range. But I remember seeing a picture of the foot, the human foot. And I just stared at that picture and it, and, and what it was, it was, it was like a drawing of a foot, but it showed all of the different little points on the feet from a, you know, from a podiatrist. And I think sometimes too, from a, you're going to know what I'm talking about, right? The acupuncture standpoint, even of all of the different points on our feet that are tied to other parts of our body, you know, like there'd be a little, a little colored area and it'll say spleen and another one that would say liver and, you know, some of these different things. And I'm sure too, having studied and, and doing acupuncture, which I've, I've had done to me a few times, it's freaking amazing. But, but um, how connected our body is all around too. And sometimes how, you know, work in a particular area can completely change a different, a completely different part of our body because of the connection. That's really true. And I was fascinated by these kinds of discoveries as I learned about oriental medicine, you know, because the nervous system of the body is one big connection from the brain, right? And so everything really is connected. Rhymes to that song, you know, the hip bones connected to, to the, the uh, bones, right, whatever. <laughs> because everything is connected, including connected to our brain, which is innervated by our mind. Like we're going to talk about the connection between consciousness or mind, however you want to call it, awareness and the human body, it's like sync, and we receive all of this through our nervous system. And our body is comprised of roots of energy, channels, meridians that follow the nervous system. It's, it's just one more layer. So it's the manifestation of the body coming out. And so the fact that something on your foot is able to come up and help your liver feel better is bizarre and miraculous and from a western viewpoint that's ridiculous but when you see it in practice as the ancient oriental medical doctors did for thousands of years like they mapped these points and these connections out and it works in practice i mean you can't refute it but it's not a science it's an art so there again you have liver problems you go get your cat scan you talk to your doctor you you watch your fatty foods you do all the things that we know scientifically but at the same time you support your liver through healing modalities which could be as simple as the modalities you control you talked about prayer and the meditation there's energy work I love the crystals and magic stones work, like the woo-woo of, of Mother Earth. These things have energies and they resonate. Oh, and there's the chiropractors and the physical therapy and the shamans and all the magical ways. So we have so many modalities available to us. What's it costing us to have a closed mind when we're suffering? Wouldn't we try anything that seems safe? Well, and I th I'm glad that you brought that up too, because I, and I think too, like you said, Western medicine just discounts and poo-poos any of the ancient ways. You know, some, some of it's so, some, some, but, yeah, some but the, 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 as an establishment, let's say, right? Yeah. Because because ultimately, it's well, I can't prove it in my scientific method, 
Okay, I can understand that argument. But a lot of the bigger one is it's economic preservation when you really get down to it, which is which is unfortunate because they tend to want to band-aid fix it and continue to support people by giving them pharmaceuticals because that's how they make trillions of dollars, you know, at the end of the day. But but it's interesting too, because as you said, it's it, it, it's really an art because we are all different, right? And so that's why I like, I like, you know, just exposing or bringing awareness to people of some of these different modalities, because what works for me might not work for Jeannie or might not work for you, right? As you're listening, but, but some combination probably of, of some of these different things probably will help right i mean i've used chiropractic and at a part of my life it was very helpful i don't do that much anymore now because i have other ways that i am taking care of anything like that that i may feel from an out of spine alignment right i've done acupuncture before i've done massage therapy before right i've I've done meditation. I've done self-hypnosis, which we got to get to and talk a little bit about too, or self-meditation um, as well as, as some of these different things. But it's, it's always, you know, especially I, I remember this, um, this one practitioner that I would go to, they would do, it was a combination of chiropractic, acupuncture and massage. And so, and so what this, this doctor had is, you know, you'd go in and you'd kind of get all three done at the same point the same time which was amazing right um and and what always surprised me too was um especially one of his masseuses masseuses i think that's the right way massage therapist okay um was very good in fact i believe she was japanese Mm. um but she she could um you know for for most of the massage therapists it'd be like where, where are you hurting? What do we need to work on? You know, and I'd have to kind of tell it, mm, not this lady, you know, she'd come in, she'd turn me over, she'd go, she'd kind of poke around a little bit and be like, Oh, and then she'd go to work. Right. And she knew. And, and what's always surprised me too, about muscle pain is, is a lot of times, you know, it's like, Oh, it hurts right here. Well, it's not that that's causing it. And all of a sudden she'd go down to some other part and do bu- 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 bu, and boom, all of a sudden it was like, how did working down there on the bottom of my back take care of the right shoulder blade area? I don't know, but it works. It's magic. It's magic. It's wonderful. Jason, can I take back to the point about, you know, Western medicine versus alternative medicine or going in within all these modalities? It's not a matter. I just want to emphasize this point. It's not really a matter of one or the other. So it's not my intention being here to say that don't go to Western medicine, absolutely not. It's a gold mine, but it is the scientific outside knowledge that we look outside in and we have proof and these are the way the physical world works. But the other modalities, you know, once you get past the physical um, manipulation type of things like massage and chiropractic and you start getting into acupuncture and energy work, energy medicines, crystal, these things, these what people affectionately I'll call woo-woo. Now you're dealing with inner energetics and the energy of connection, like life force, life energy. So it's not a matter of one or the other. It's truly a matter of having the right balance for you, listening to your own highest wisdom because a lot of my patients when I practiced as a doctor in the old days when I was practicing acupuncture, a lot of my patients would, they would hear one thing the doctor said and it was not a a big thing, but they would take it as that's God, that's total gold. And they wouldn't even begin to explore. And they even misunderstood the doctor. Like the doctor didn't say to drink 15 glasses of water a day, you know, or they were afraid to call. So it's a lot of those people that I would encourage to trust yourself, listen inside. You will be guided to where you need to go. It might be a whisper, an inkling, or a little interest. Like you have like, oh, that massage sounds so good, but I'm, I'm, you know, I shouldn't do that. It's not, my friends don't do that. No, 
check in with yourself and let yourself experience that. Find a place that's safe because that's really important to take care of yourself in that way to trust your own inner intuition. And one Fix more it. point, yeah, one yeah. more point, if I may. There's a lot of alternative healers out there that make the claim they can do it all. Like, I really question someone who thinks they can do it all. So be careful, be discriminating, because it takes a team. It's a village, right? We're all here together. Yeah. And, and that's, I guess, I made that clear. Well, like you said, it's usually, it's usually, it's not a matter of this or that. In fact, most of life is not a this or that either or option. It's a yes and, you know, sort of a thing as well, right? But, you know, kind of to your point, you know, just think about what feels like something you need to try, right? I mean, and I've, I've been that same way too, where it's like, you know, especially for most of these things, it doesn't really hurt to try. And the only way you're going to know if it actually would work for you is to give it a try. You can try it once or twice. If you don't like it, don't do it again. Pick something else. But I, I think that's that's the important thing for people to realize that there are options that are out there. Yes. And in fact, a lot of these other options have much higher, usually healing rates than you Others. put them in synergy and connection with what you're doing with your meds and your doctor and your exercise and all the things you do. What if you had something so simple that you could just listen to an audio and suddenly relieve your stress and feel so great and then that tension in the back was gone? Like, what if you could go to massage or acupuncture or the physical therapist and not be in the pain you're in and not be so tired? Wouldn't that be worth a try? I agree with you. Well, and, and hopefully people don't get to the point to where, you know, which which sometimes you see is like you were at 16, you know, crying out to God in so much pain. Sometimes we now that hit you quicker and you and I kind of realize and understand why it happened the way it did. Mm -hmm. It's usually not that way for most people unless they experience a big trauma like mm -hmm experience like you did mm -hmm. but we are you know everything is connected the food that we that we eat the things that we drink uh the you know the areas where we're at you know the things that are around us and it's our our mind too because that's that's where again i wanted to kind of go with this is you know we already talked a little bit about look there's there's places on your feet or places in different parts of your body that are connected to somewhere else Right. And so if you massage this part of your foot, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe your back pain goes away because it's connected. But the one that we haven't talked about that you just alluded to is the mind. Right. Because the mind is actually, I think, probably the most powerful thing that we can use in healing. And there's some different modalities that use that, that I think at first people think, you know, maybe have a religious nature, which in some religions they do, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting, meditation, some people kind of view that that way. But there, there's, and I know that's where you kind of started your journey, right? With the meditation, but wanted to talk a little bit too about, because I know you do audio journeys, right? And so I know you usually refer to them as, as kind of meditations, but there's also a thing called self-hypnosis, which is very similar and in, in kind of meshed in with what you do. So, so let's get in and talk about that because I think that's, that's one of the easiest, cheapest ways for people to try something without any risk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you're open to this because and you've experienced it for yourself. Well, I've been I've been using self-hypnosis for about four years myself regularly. Well, so I can I can attest to, to yes. how these things work. They're very powerful. And it's kind of like in mindfulness meditation, which I taught in education in mindfulness, they'll take you through a body scan. And basically, it's a guided relaxation. So you close your eyes. And you kind of talk through and notice the tensions and all in your body. And there's there's ways to do that. So that's very accepted in Western medicine, relaxation. 
And in fact, in the 60s, there was a doctor from Harvard Medicine, Harvard Medical School named um, Benson, Dr. Benson, and he did a study. This is so interesting. His, they studied 40,000 human genes, and they wanted to determine um, the effect of relaxation. And I actually wrote his quote down. I wanted to read to you what they, they said, because this is crucial to health and well-being. They call it the relaxation response. And they found that, quote, those who regularly use the relaxation response induce antioxidation and anti-inflammatory changes that counter the effects of chronic stress on the body. And I don't know if you had heard about it, but not so long ago, the American Medical Association came out and said that this was before the pandemic. You know, 90% of all diseases have their onset in chronic stress. So we know that some stress is good, but you get into that stress every day, every day, every day. The schedule, the go, 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 the environmental stressors, the not getting enough sleep, the media, the waves, the bad food, the need I go on. And there's so many stressors on the human body and that causes disease response. So one of the most powerful things you can do is to use your mind to de-stress your body. Yes, there's um, exercise and all kinds of great things, but if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of time in your day and you're exhausted, you're too tired to go out and do your walk or your run, if you were to take an audio journey, we're just talking about 15, 20 minutes give yourself the care of going inside to a deep relaxation response by being guided inside, breathing, you would find that your life would change. Because going inside, I call it going to the inner wellspring. Because we all have it within us. And it's not about a religion. It's not about woo-woo. It's about allowing your breath to become deep and even relaxing the muscles of the body and the stress starts melting away. And in my guided audio journeys, I also bring in this wonderful music that I've picked from around the world, as well as healing frequencies, which is something we can talk about later. And but we'll have to do a whole nother episode on that because that's, that's one of those areas that I totally geek out on. Did, so I had to mention <laughs> yeah well you can see one of the crystal bowls that I got up there and some other I stuff too. So yeah. so sound healing is powerful and it's included in this and also guided sensory imagery when you really bring your mind to bear and you imagine the things that you want and the healing you want and you imagine yourself in a beautiful stress-free environment like your body doesn't know the difference it thinks it's on a mini vacation and so you naturally get these endorphins you get the release and i also use the energy healing that i have been gifted with to infuse these audios so when you go on my audio journey you're going you're gonna bang for your buck in terms of healing and it's effortless people are telling me how beautiful they are they're making people cry a lady had a spontaneous healing of pain between her eyes like what people are sleeping better I'm getting unbelievable reports and it's all from your own healing power within because you stopped turned your energy your attention inside and allowed yourself and your body to debrief to de-stress to relax and you just go into that inner state of stillness for a few minutes. It's a miracle. I mean, it really is. It's the most simple, effective tool you could ever add to your arsenal of healing. Well, and I think it's, you know, that's too, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about this because I know, you know, like you said before, there's a lot of people that are out there that, that say that they're healers, but they, they're well-intentioned people, but they they may not be as skilled as they believe they are. Mm. um but and and there's different you know ways that people do this the fact that you've spent you know 
Forty years, for, for 28, 20, 40, 48 years, yeah, 28 years uh, studying some of these different modalities. But even, you know, as, as somebody, as I'm sitting here listening to you, you know, people that are listening don't realize, but what Jeannie just said shows that she knows what she's talking about. And so rewind and hear that again, but she knows what she's talking about because the, the music the frequencies, the way that it is done is, uh, is set up using some of these different modalities together to really create an experience that all you have to do is listen to. You got to just push play, right? Because I know, you know, for those of you that are listening, you're like, hey, this kind of sounds interesting, right? But I don't know how to do it. You don't know how you don't have to know how to do it. Literally, all you have to do is push play, <laughs> sit down, lay down, close your eyes, listen to this thing for, you know, 10, 20, 15 minutes or 20 minutes and just relax. Take that time for yourself. And, and like she said, I mean, it, it, this was medical research that 90 percent of disease is based on stress. But what if you could feel stress-free for 15 to 20 minutes a day? Don't you think that would help you in the rest of your day, right? And, and I know that, you know, we get taught so much of the time about our body. And this kind of comes back to the mind-body-spirit stuff that I've been on a kick about lately. Is we get told so much about our body. Do your body. You got to go for your run. You got, you know, do eat, eat the right food, go to the gym, right? We get harped on about the body, but people forget about nurturing the spirit and the mind. And these audios, some of these different things that we've been talking about are ways to nurture the mind and the spirit, which usually get forgotten. And that's one of the reasons why when people say, I feel like I'm out of balance, that's one of the reasons, because chances are, you know, one or two of those three areas in your life, you're not balancing very well. You're not, you're neglecting them totally. And something as simple as an audio journey or meditating or a self-hypnosis can actually help you raise those two of the, two of those three areas in just a few minutes a day. And not only that, when you raise your inner feeling, your body follows suit. And if you do this a little bit every day and make a practice of it, it accumulates. Like people start feeling better. You feel empowered. Your energy comes up. The depressions go away by and large. There's so many benefits to doing this. I have clients who stop, shut their door at work, put their head on their desk and turn on their little audio. They're all a little <laughs> bit different length, but they're all about 10 to 20 minutes. Yep. And it's phenomenal. Or you can do it before you sleep because if you're someone whose mind is racing, it's hard to just like put your head on the pillow and go to sleep. We're usually like debriefing in Netflix or something for a while or a glass of wine or who knows what. and. If you put the audio on any of these practices, as Jason said, this one just happens to be easy. Uh, you just start naturally going in and you let go of the spinning of the mind and you can sleep more deeply and get much more out of your sleep. So, you know, I think before you asked me like why I made these and I made them so they'd be effortless and easy for people who had never done meditation or don't have to go to the East or do a different religion or study Buddhism or go anywhere you're not comfortable in your own home, your own office. You can put your earplugs, earbuds in and listen. It's just relaxing. And I, ho I hope that it serves you. If you're thinking of trying it, go to the site. They're very inexpensive. And I would love to hear your feedback. Yeah, we'll make sure and put put all of the the links in the show notes too to gold goldenlifehealth.com or gold sorry goldenlifehealing.com yes and there there's an .com. there's also an area for uh, where you can where you can look at some of those audio journeys but you you know too as you, as you were sitting there talking about it i think you know a couple of the things that i hear people complaining about a lot 
or feeling like they need they need something different in their life. Most people feel stressed. Most people feel anxious. Most people feel some sort of fear, right? And 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 they're they're feeling that every single day. Yeah. Most people that I talk to have trouble sleeping, falling asleep, staying asleep. Uh, you know, and so they're always tired as well, right? And so, I mean, these are are two areas that probably everybody, you know, who's listening, you're sitting there going, yeah, I feel stressed. I feel anxious. I have trouble sleeping. Well, these audios do make a difference. And in fact, I mean, it's, uh, I've never had too much of a problem sleeping, but especially the last three to four years, I've actually trained myself on how to sleep and how to prepare myself to sleep. Um, using some of these techniques and other things to where literally when I decide that it is time for me to sleep and I go through a, a quick little kind of anchor, excuse me, anchoring exercise, I'm asleep in one to two minutes. Hey, it might take me five minutes some nights, but I'm out and I'm out all night long. And so, you know, even like you said, I know I was looking on your website too, and you actually have several that are around sleep in particular, because that is a huge area that people, people struggle with. And, you know, when you, when you wake up tired, it doesn't make being stressed any easier. (laughs) In fact, it makes it worse. It's so great that you have learned, uh, you know, you were brave enough to go out and seek and learn tools and expand your horizon and be able to do that. Like how many people can fall asleep in one to two minutes? You know, all the audios that I make have relaxation and can help you go to sleep, except maybe one prosperity audio that's really getting trying to pump you, pumping you up. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo, getting you dancing. I made it for my web designer because she was getting tired. She goes, I'm getting so tired working. I said, make me a prosperity audio. So I made it for her and we called it Badass Riches. And so (laughs) I had never made one that had the upbeat tempo like that. I thought, oh, this is a whole new thing. Let's just feel our joy and get moving during the day. So you can think there'll be more of that coming along. (laughs) I can see that. I can see that coming. It's coming. Well, Jeannie, thank you, um, you know, for coming on here. I, I, uh, you're one of my favorite people. You always, it always makes me smile when I, when I see you, when I hear you. Um, I love hearing your voice. I'm excited to actually add a lot of your audio journeys to my library. I've got a whole library of stuff that I listen to. And everybody Um, should, everybody should have a healing audio library. There's so many out there. There's a lot of free ones. I have free things on YouTube. There's so yeah. many. It's just such a gift. I, I love that. Thank well, you. and with the with the technology that we have today, I mean, everybody has a phone. You know, Steve Jobs' vision of, you know, a thousand songs in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, we can have a lot more than a thousand songs on, on, on your phone. But it's 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 something that's easy, that's accessible literally to anybody in the world, wherever you happen All to be. All around the world. These and so are already in 17 countries around the world. So I know I'm you've really only, it's, it's only been open two weeks. Yeah, yeah. we're thrilled. I just so, love being here with you. Thank you, Jason. And well, you, you, you are listeners. welcome. Well, and is there anything, you know, as, as we're wrapping up here too, I mean, anything else that we, we didn't touch on today. We'll have to do that. We'll have to do the sound stuff on a separate episode because I want I want to geek out with you on that. I too. totally want to do that too. All about <laughs> the sound healing and my teacher's sound work. Yes, absolutely. That is great. I do have a message for the world, right? My message for the world is that you are connected to the greatest healing power of source within yourself. It is there for everybody. And I just ask you to do one thing. Really, really, really love yourself. Care for yourself, love yourself, and take the actions that are self-loving. Trust yourself. I can't think I'm asking them more than one thing, but trust yourself. (laughs) That's all right, keep going. Love yourself and Trust your inner knowing to guide you to the next thing that will help you to live your greatest, fullest, most beautiful life. 
free, embracing well-being and have the life that you want because you can create your own health and well-being, whoever you are, and just keep expanding it from here. So that's my message. Love Amen to that. Amen, Amen to that. <laughs> can I get a hallelujah, sister? <laughs> right? So, yeah, well, you know, and everybody, is, as we're wrapping up here, I mean, the fact that you have listened to this entire podcast means, obviously, there was something, if not many things in today's episode that you needed to hear. So, you know, as Jeannie recommends, just, just sit with it for a little bit. Something, you know, is coming into your mind of maybe one of these modalities to try, you know, to, to focus on trying to love yourself more, to, to be relaxed more and 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 just do something do something today you know go back listen to this again you know because if you get to the end of this and you're like well i'm not quite sure what i'm supposed to do well go back and listen to this again right and with when you listen with intention you will hear or feel what it is that you need to do and then just take a little action you know it's like we don't have to change the world overnight all we got to do is make micro changes. But as you start making these micro changes, the macro changes start coming and start flooding into your life. So Jeannie, my friend, thank you for being on. And I'm excited for when we're going to do the one about sound Can't wait. in a Such little an bit. It's an honor to be here with all of you. Thank you for listening, everyone. I just uh, love you all. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.